Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard and I'm here with Tyler Jones. Welcome, Tyler. How's the, Hello, uh, Kevin. How's the first week back. of spring treating you? Uh, so, interesting enough, I, I guess it only hailed in the Kennesaw area, but it definitely hailed yesterday. Like, it was a massive, <laughs> like, two-minute thunderstorm, and then just hail poured down from the sky, literally battered our cars that were outside. Oh. So, that was, yeah, so I was like, what the heck? To the point and of the hail, Like, the hail, no, no, it wasn't that's that. Good. Well, that's I good. mean... I looked at the car that that was outside. It didn't get dented up, so that was that was good. But you know, the hail lasted outside for a good two to three minutes. You know, three to five minutes or whatever. I'm like, you know, knocked our power out, and I was like, what the heck is going on? So you know, it's funky weather season here in Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, <laughs> that's or right. Kennesaw, but you know, just the metro Atlanta area in general. We didn't get during, that like, hail. The spring. Oh, yeah, during the spring, like it, it's just. It's just random weather, like anything can happen. Uh, so, you know, but hopefully it stays nice like it has been today. It's been nice for a while. That was the funny thing is like, it's been beautiful for like 10 days. And then all of a sudden it rained torrentially for half an hour. And then everything's like these little day glow yellow green puddles because they're just, they're water with a nice coating skim of pollen that got rained into the puddle. Very lovely. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the weird thing. Like where I'm at, hasn't been that much pollen because I'm super, super allergic. So it's just, uh, I guess it, it, I guess it is also that time of year too. So I need to re up on my pollen medication. But um, <laughs> you do enough about you me do. and my pollen. Uh, so uh, we gonna we gonna talk about this uh, Trey Young winning Player of the Week. Finally, it's you know. it's poetic justice, Tyler. You know the PR stunt that happened last time. They wanted to make Donovan Mitchell the player of the week for the West. He was the runner-up for rookie of the year. So in the East, averaging something like 13.2 points a game, they made Ben Simmons the player of the week when Trey Young clearly deserved it. And so what happened this week? In comes Utah. In comes Philadelphia. L&L. And... You know, <laughs> speaking of Ben Simmons, I like we watched, you know, watching him um, against the Hawks, and like his lack of a jumper, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was going to be as big of a problem as like it's going to be. Uh, John Collins flat out didn't guard him the last two minutes of the game, right? And like Ben Simmons did nothing. Like Ben Simmons didn't want the ball at all and you kind of notice it in clutch situations he will just panic past the ball away because he doesn't want to take free throws at i mean that's a real problem for the sixers especially come playoff time that's that's going to be something um and they have no depth that team's gonna have to deal with yeah they have six players and one of them's mike scott and i love mike scott i'm so ready for mike scott to like supplant ben simmons in the closing road in the closing lineup all right that's See, it's gonna happen. It's going to happen. They can't shoot. I I doubt that. But uh, if the ball is going to be in uh, if the ball is going to be in Jimmy Butler's hands to close the game, like Ben Simmons, if he's not 
like I, I don't know what he, what he adds there if he if he's not going to be you know the primary facilitator. So that's that's going to be an interesting dynamic come playoff time. But yeah, well, good at the end of the day, good for Trey Young should be should be two time uh, player of the week in the Eastern Conference. But you know, I guess I guess we'll settle we'll settle for the one time. Maybe he'll win it again this week. Uh, we'll see. Are you all fired up for the rookie of the year race? No, I, I don't. I don't care for like the only awards to me that matters: all NBA, all defense, and MVP, and defensive player of the year. Those four. Uh, the rest are just. I mean, they just. They they reward like, six man of the year, worthless rookie of the year, worthless. <laughs> um, uh, what's what's the other ones? Um, all all rookie teams worthless. Yeah. I, I, like those awards don't matter because really at the end of the day, all those awards are doing is rewarding. You know, they, they, they just, you know, rookie of the year doesn't really like, it, it just tells you which rookie has the quote unquote best season. Typically it's been done poorly where they just reward the guy who has the most points. But uh, I felt like, you know, last year they, they got it right. But there've been some years where better rookie players will play on better basketball teams are in lesser roles than you know losing basketball players got got jibbed of the reward of the award and so like like i'm like who cares like michael carter williams won it uh completely and after that it's just been like whatever but i got into speaking of all these rookie of the year stuff i i I could take you down mm -hmm. a, a big tangent if we talk about all these rookie of the year candidates, if if Utah calls and says, you know what, we want we want to trade Donovan Mitchell for for Trey Young, what happens? You don't even have Hopefully to answer that. Hang up the phone. <laughs> yes, I don't. Okay. I mean, uh, I like Donovan Mitchell. Uh-huh. I like Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Trey Young's just a better playmaker. For sure, he's better at that. Probably. Yeah, and so like he's probably going to be a more efficient basketball player. Donovan Mitchell, like, Trey Young gets flack for his, um, for the type of shots he takes. Donovan Mitchell kind of, he's kind of a chucker. Uh, whereas I feel like Trey Young gets his in the flow of the offense. Donovan Mitchell kind of just gets shots up. He kind of needs to be a chucker. Not, like, yeah, they don't have a lot of offensive dy- dynamism on that team. And so it's like, oh, wait, shit, there's seven seconds on the clock. What do we do? Oh, okay. Give Donovan the ball. That and he's not really that. He's an okay passer for a two guard, but you know, Trey Young's passing like uh, it's, it's not even close. I, I'm yet. sure you talk about, but like and it op- like Trey Young's passing opens up his Trey Trey Young. I mean, it opens up it op- it opens up all his entire game. That plus his shooting. Um, like if you go like. I mean, everybody's seen it 10,000 times, his game winner on Jimmy Butler. Like, you can see what Jimmy Butler was trying to do. The first thing Jimmy Butler wanted to do was take away the jump shot, right. which he did. Next thing, he was getting beat to the beat on his right hand. He was going to hope that um, Joel Embiid was going to, you know, come with the contest late. But Embiid, sure. because of how well Trey Young passes the basketball, if Embiid would have took a, 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 a half step forward, that would have been an easy layup for John Collins because Trey Young hits that pass every time. Right. And he's just like, he's, he's a true maestro with the ball in his hands and he, he just keeps everybody on the toes. Cause you 
Like he has so many curveballs and changeups. Like he combined with his, you know, decent fast, you know, since baseball's coming up, you know, he he just he's so, like Trey Young's so good at changing speeds and changing directions and misdirections with the ball in his hands. It's like it's hard for defenders to really know what he's going to do at one time, and so that dynamic ability with the ball in his hands to me is just a higher upside play than to what Donovan Mitchell may uh, come out to be going forward during their career. There's not like there's not the not Donovan Mitchell, right? Uh, Donovan Mitchell is a better basketball player today, right. but just going forward in the future, um, you know, I, I feel like Trey Young has the higher upside. Like Trey Young has. He can win an MVP level upside with just with his offense, uh, just how special like he truly is with the ball in his hands. That's true. All right, yeah, that that that's good. I I can't even go down that path any further. It was just something that they came up the other day, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But like, how many players in the NBA do you think are a better passer than Trey Young right now? Like, is it is it LeBron, and then? Are we done, or how how far do you have to go before you're like okay? But LeBron holds the ball like LeBron. Even LeBron, like Trey Young gets the ball out of like you know LeBron and Ben Simmons are kind of similar. They're great passers, right? Um, like LeBron, LeBron's an all time great passer. But like sure. to me, what separates Trey Young is just how quick he is with the ball in general. Like he, like he doesn't really hold the ball, even though his uses. Uh, uses is in the 30s like he doesn't hold the ball that much he doesn't dribble the air out the basketball like everything comes out quick his decisions are fast it's it's like a mix between James Harden um, ability to make these uh you know these half second reads when he's isoing up the top of the key and, and he sees somebody hedge on him like he can make that quick pass Trey Young can do that too combined with you know his Steve Nash ability to snake through a defense and come out the other side like it's just like he just has the complete package as a passer, and and it's with both hands too. Yeah. So like I, I, I don't know. I really like you is, know. It's I don't think there's. You gonna put him number one in the NBA? He's going number one. Tyler's Mister Sunshine today. I love it. I, I mean, I like, have no I mean, problem I, with it. But I'm. I, I don't know. I don't like I, to me. I don't know if there's a better passer in this in the NBA today than what Trey Young is doing now. He turns the ball over a lot, and sure. you know he he does make risky passes. So, like if we're going to equate all that into it, you know, if if you want the staple, like it's been always been to me the best pass in the NBA probably has always been Chris Paul due to the fact that he makes those same plays, but he never turns the basketball over. But right, yeah, that's uh, right. you know Chris Chris Paul's been kind of, I mean he, I mean. We saw we saw it in Atlanta when he came down to Atlanta. He's he's turned yeah. it up recently, but you know, for over the course of the season, you know, it's been a diminished Chris Paul to me. Sure, that's fair. Yeah, that's that's interesting. It's funny. Like I I wrote today about you know an on Hawks dot com you know a story just with like with the numbers on Trey Young's floaters, and he's taken the second most floaters in the NBA. Second only to Mike Conley Jr. And it's almost like that's kind of what you want Trey to do. Like Trey may eventually get very good at the floater and he's already good at it. But just it's a floater, right? It's like it's not a dunk. It's not a three. It's kind of like that's kind of the thing you want to give up. 
even if you know it, right. it's it's bad if he makes three in a row because then it's like okay you know you, we got to do something different just to kind of change his feel for the game at that point but in a lot of ways that's kind of what you want to give up because he's such a good passer you know you, you don't want Colin shooting dunks behind you and so in a way you know you don't really want to give up open threes and so which that's almost what you want to give up isn't it yeah but you know what what Trey down really good at it, he he plays it so slow um, and then like like he'll he'll play the pick and roll pretty slow like he'll he'll wait to see what the defender is going to do and if the if the backline defender doesn't commit he's very good at getting like you know practice floaters off those you know the type of floaters that he'll make you know seven out of ten times but I, I'm with you like overall you want to give up a you know a floater than you know anything else that the Hawks do but I think. He's going to get better uh, you know, at making that pretty, shot better. Like you, like you said, like he's that, going to he's going to make that backline defense commit. So it's going to be like an eight foot floater, and it's going to be a, a a pretty good shot. It's going to be like right now it's like a forty five percent shot, but as he gets better, it's going to be like a fifty five percent shot. Yeah, and but really overall, like you know, Trey Young's such a smart basketball player, and that that can't be stressed. Like he's just super smart. Like I. You know, there's only so many superfluous words you can say about Trae Young, but he, he's just so cerebral. Like, he knows what he wants to do on the basketball floor. And he knows, like, at the, at the end of the day, he knows that the floor isn't the optimal shot, but he will take it if it's given to him just because, like, if he makes a couple, like, he only has to make two in a row, then the defender, like, the def, like it's just instinct that, you know, the center or the power forward on that, on that pick and roll possession is going to have to commit more and that's just going to open up the offense for the Hawks further. So, Lord, it's, it's just a, it's a, you know, it's, it's a cat and mouse game that Trey Young plays on a nightly basis, and it's, you know, it's it's fun to watch how Trey Young adjusts to what defenders are doing on a night to night basis now, especially with, again, since he's able to make his three pointers, like, since he now that he's able to make his pull up three pointers, his catch and shoots with regularity, like it, it's really opened up the complete floor for him offensively. Uh, it, it's been a while since we've we've talked. Uh, any any feelings on uh, not retaining Tyler Zeller? I know that's a big. That's, uh, you there's know, no segue there, but <laughs> the thing, like, uh, so Tyler Zeller, you know, he's always going to be near and dear to my heart. You know, he played for UNC back when I cared about college basketball, and he's named Tyler. And you know, he that too, and he he had a pretty good career over there in Chapel Hill. And so, and he's had it, you know, he's been a decent NBA basketball player. Uh, you know, when he played, I thought he, he brought good minutes, you know, as a useful guy. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think I, he could be useful, but. Yeah. But the Hawks don't need him. Like at the end of the day, like, the, uh, you know, right. he, he was brought in because they had like, Everybody got hurt at one time, so they, they just needed something. So, you know, they brought him in. But, you know, Hawks don't really need – again, like I said, if you if you heard me on Brad's pod over at Locked On, uh, sorry to plug him again, but, you know, he yeah, is your mom. But anyway, if you heard me all, back on his pod talking about the draft, the Hawks really don't need big men. And, you know, that's – you know – even in the draft, but especially like 
veteran big men like Tyler Zoe, like they at the big man position, the Hawks are kind of solid, even with you know Alex, even with Deadman being a potential free free agent um, again. Uh, you know, with Alex and how well he's played, you got John Collins, you got Amari Spellman, who showed some positive flashes. If he can, you know, get, if he can do what he has to do in order to be a successful NBA basketball player, I think Amari Spellman has a chance to be a pretty good rotation big slash maybe even potentially starter um, just because he's super talented as well. But, you know, mm-hmm. there, there are some things he has to clean up and, you know, that's been talked about ad nauseum. So the Hawks really don't need you know, more bigs and like, you know, it's just one of those things where Tyler Zeller, you know, is an NBA basketball player. It, I think could help a team in a rotation, but you know, there, there's a lot of Tyler Zellers out there who aren't on the NBA rosters at the moment, just because of how, just how deep th- that position is in particular. Yeah. My, my favorite Tyler Zeller moment was him, him given, he kind of gave John the business. Like you wouldn't expect a 10 guy, 10 day guy to come in and, you know, give somebody a hard time. But, like, it was sometime after the Brooklyn game, and Tyler's like, you fell for an Ed Davis right-handed shot fake. And John's like, what do you – he's like, Ed Davis is left-handed. You can't – He he's probably shot three shots in his whole career with his right hand. You can't fall for that, which I thought was pretty funny. That's good. <laughs> you shouldn't fall for Ed Davis. And so that, that that's definitely of, my favorite Tyler know. Zeller moment. Well, that's that's good. That's good to hear. You know, just from a vet. Yeah. You know, busting somebody's chops like that. That's. I mean, I kind of think I feel like that speaks to a Hawks culture, right? Uh, just how open I feel everybody is to each other. To each other. They at the end of the day, even though it's been a lot of losing, they do have fun playing with each other. Right, and he said and it, it in a fun spirit. Like they, yeah, and it feels like they like each other to the point that you know new guys can come in and feel a part, you know, feel a part of the team, even if they're not going to be there for extended periods of time. So that's, you know, that, that's a good, healthy work environment if you want to compare it to other, you know, teams in the NBA today. Like, I, I think the Hawks are winning on that front. What about uh, any, any, any significant feelings on B.J. Johnson? And I guess so they had him for 20 days and, and they're going to try some other people. No, I like I liked what he brought. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just not good enough defensively at the moment. But I, I think there's an NBA player in him. Like, it just goes to show just how deep, how good basketball players are. It's ridiculous, you know, Across yeah. the world because, you know, B.J. Johnson, I, I forget who wrote about it, but, you know, B.J. kind of just he, – he was a guy who just, um, you know, he auditioned for a G League roster spot. And ended up getting two ten day contracts with the Hawks, and I, I thought he, I thought he played pretty well, all things considered. You know, yeah. the offense is definitely there, but the the defense got to get, he has to get better, become a better defender, just due to the fact that, you know, it's just so hard to if you're going to be a bench guy and be bad defensively, it's hard to make it in this league if you weren't drafted. That's just the, that's the nature of the NBA. Like sure. it's just tough. Yep. Um, but you know, I, I think I think he I think he's got a chance. Maybe I could see the Hawks definitely inviting him to summer league and stuff like that. But that would be good. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he just didn't show enough um, to right. get that. You know that 
you know, the, the th- not the third 10 day, but, you know, signed for the rest of the season. The long term relationship. Uh, yeah. but, mm-hmm. And we don't even know, like, you know, we don't know, like, exactly how it shakes down. Like, they could have gone to him and said, hey, you know, sign this three year deal with the second and third years non guaranteed. And he and his agent could have been like, nah. Right. I mean, in theory, that kind of stuff can happen. Yeah. And then they then they wave him. So it's not like, you know, we don't know that they didn't like him at all. We just know that for whatever reason, at the end of the 20 days and whatever happened behind closed doors, you know, I, I'm not reporting anything. I'm just saying, you know, theoretically, you know, if you look at how those types of relationships have played over the years, that's that's something that happens. You know, sometimes guys get those deals, sometimes get offered those deals and say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to keep my options open. So, I mean, yeah, we don't know how they approached it. You, 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 I think you have a pretty good point there because, you know, considering, you know, again, BJ Johnson basically auditioned for a G League roster spot. Like he, like he kind of showed, like he showed a lot to not just NBA teams, but, you know, Europe teams, teams in China. So right. he might have a, he might have an opportunity outside of the NBA that, you know, if he, he signed that type of contract, he kind of be, he would kind of be left up to the Hawks devices. And right. again, like it, it could be one of those things where BJ Johnson was like, I, I think I can, you know, I think I can get more playing time somewhere else. Just due to the fact you look at the Hawks, they're kind of deep at wings. And, you know, if everybody's healthy, it, it, it was always going to be tough for him to get playing time. And, you right. know, you see that four first round draft picks, uh, Plus, Kent Bay's more all need playing time, uh, so it, it, it was always going to be an uphill climb for somebody like DJ Johnson. But overall, I thought I thought he he played uh, pretty solid, all things considered. Okay. Uh, anything? I'm... I should have mentioned at the top that we're recording this on a Tuesday night. This is before, shortly before the Pelicans game takes place. Uh, The Pelicans, if I'm not mistaken, were the team that claimed Christian Wood. And they had a better record than the Hawks. So that was something that the Hawks, in theory, could have done. Do you think the Hawks should have put in a claim for Christian Wood or not? You know, they already signed Deontay Davis to a another 10-day contract, and uh, I'm pretty sure Christian Wood is better than Deontay, but it's, it's just one of those situations where the Hawks, again, Hawks don't really need big men. Okay. And I, I don't know. I don't actually know what Christian Wood's contract number is. It could be it could I think be it was just a one-year minimum, you know, just kind of you yeah. know, the one-year yeah. $1.2 minimum kind of thing. Exactly. And, like, it could have been something where it's like, well, you know, Deontay Davis on this ten day contract is cheaper. Okay. Cheaper option. Let's have him in our program. Like, you know, again, I, I ultimately I think Christian Wood is the better player right. overall. But, you know, it's just it they don't need a big man and, you know, it wasn't a priority for them to to, you know, claim Christian Wood. Okay. Well, What's there's eight games left. They are eight games against, you know, some pretty good teams. The Hawks have raised, probably raised expectations in the last week, seeing that they've played a bunch of teams that are fighting for 
playoff spots and playoff seating and done well. What's what do you think it's going to look like? What should it look like over the last couple of weeks here for these eight games? In your opinion, like what, what what's in a what what is the objective here? Honestly, I think it's just that they continue to show that how they've played since roughly January and uh, that, you know, they continue through that, through the season. I, I wouldn't look at win-loss record. Really, I would just look at how, how if Trey Young can keep this up for the, the next eight games, you know, if John Collins can continue on the course, what he's done on the entirety of the season. Um, you know, really outside of that, like I wouldn't look for too much in terms of like straight wins and losses. You, you right. just want to see that, you know, they're making the right reads on offense, that they're, you know, they're, they're, and they're competing on the defensive end. Like I, I wouldn't look too hard at wins and losses just, just due to the fact that we're, we're in really, we're in the wonky season now. So at any point, you know, Travis Slank could come down on high and pull the plug on everything. Right. Yeah. And, if, uh, if you, if you need you know, losses, you just kind of mess with the bench, right? Like, I mean, exactly. in Philadelphia, the starters and, were supremely good and the bench was not. And I mean, I think if you feel like, oh gosh, we're winning too many games here at the end, you know, I'm sure there are some players with nagging injuries on the bench that could use an early start to the off season if it would help them deal with those nagging injuries, right? I mean, that exactly. kind of thing. And yeah, stuff like that, you know, throw, you know, continue to try Jalen Adams, see what he has. He's been, up, you know, he's been up and down. Um, ultimately, he just looks like a rookie. Uh, he's shown some flashes, so that's that's been a positive. But really, it's recently it's been like really if Trey Young's out the game, and they, they just don't have a chance to do anything on offense, and other teams know it. So, like it's, that that. Hopefully, hopefully we see some improvement with that with Jalen Adams in particular. But again, like these last eight games, if I'm a Hawks fan, like just enjoy how well the rookies and second year guys are playing because you know they they look ready. Uh, I, I think I said that on the previous pod here that you know Trey Young, John Collins are ready to win now, and so you know you, you really just want to see eight more games of that from those two in particular. So that you know, Travis Slank can go into the offseason with a clearer picture of what he would like to do and how the team should look going forward. It's such a bummer that Omari Spellman is playing. <laughs> like, it's not even yeah. like all that interesting. Like when the bench is in there, because it's like, okay, you know, what do the Hawks have? What are they going to have for the future? And it's like you watch the starters, and it's like exciting, and it's incredible to see them do as well as they've done against you know, some top tier starting lineups, but then the bench comes in and it's like, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, they're not that great. The, bench, and the most exciting, yeah. the most exciting player on the bench is Vince Carter. That's it. Uh, I would say, yeah, him, him and Alex and, Len. Yeah. And even Alex Len, like I, I overall, I like what he's done on the season, but you know, Alex Len is, he's not that, you know, he'll, 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 uh, boof up some layups, miss some easy ones, and, you know, he won't make his open threes, and then it's like, why is he out there on the floor? But He makes no enough of his threes. Thing. It's his first season taking them. He's at 33%. I mean, I'm not, 
That's pretty good. I mean, that's thirty three percent is okay, but you know, it's not it's great not if they're leaving in, you wide open. Rough. Yeah, it's not visually yeah. pleasing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about like him as a player, like. Like he's been productive. I'm not saying that, right, but just right, like right. visually watching him no, play, I get like you. it's, it's just, not it's not exciting. If, if those threes don't go down, it, it's kind of rough. Um, I do like when he dunks the basketball with authority, though. That those are fun. Uh, but you know, he, his hands just aren't the best. Yeah. But like this is all this does this has nothing to do with him as a player. Like I think he's a good basketball player. It's right. just you know, outside of watching Vince Carter, you know. Um, Throw, you know, shoot from anywhere from behind the three point line. <laughs> you know, Baysmore is not that exciting. Bembry, you know, Bembry's Bembry. You don't. It's know honestly more fun him. to watch him when he like he takes over for one of the starters. Yeah, um, but when he has those rough stretch, like it's just hit or miss with Bembry. So, sure. like, there's there's nothing really that too much exciting from the bench guys outside of Vince, and like it just. You do miss Spellman because for better or worse, Spellman wasn't entertaining. Like you, you just didn't know what Spellman was going to do it on was, the floor. It was interesting to I, watch him. But, yeah, and also like before he got hurt, I thought he was starting to round into form. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh sure. Or you know, I thought he was finding his game at the NBA level, which was really good to see, considering how you know he was looking kind of rough when he came back from the hip injury um, in December or so. So. It was really good to see uh, him play well, but you know, it kind of it's it really is a bummer. He he's out for the rest of the season. I I would be doing backflips for a a Len Spellman Carter at small forward lineup. <laughs> now, he he was doing all right at small forward. He oh man, I I I loved watching him oh, when he was ben playing small, at forward. small forward. Yeah. He did it for two weeks. He was good. I couldn't believe it. I, uh, he was not the same player that he was at the beginning of the season. It was amazing. In general, he he hasn't been the same player. He's gotten better. Like it, we're talking about Vince Carter now. Like yeah. Vince Carter's gotten a lot better. At and the beginning of the season, it was kind of rough. I was looking at pictures um, of him when he but, was at Memphis, and it's like, wait, oh shit, he's in better shape now. He's like ripped. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think that John Collins' injury kind of rounded him into form because he had to play. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I, I think there's been I think there's been a back and forth on how much Vince Carter was supposed to play this season, but you know, at some point, like he just started, he figured something out, and I'm like, can he play for another two years? Like, if all he's going to do is set picks and take open three pointers, like he he can do at the and he has the size to play the four. Like he can do that for a couple more years if he wants to. So that's been fun to see. Like, would you be surprised if the Hawks brought him back on another one-year deal? Um, just a why not? I mean, I think they would. I mean, I think, I think they would. I, I think it would be a hard discussion, maybe going into it in terms of you do that after the draft is done, so you know what young players you have and what you want, but he's so good with the young players. Like, you know, they planted him right next to, to Trey young for a reason. Uh, so there's going to be more youngsters on the horizon. So uh, you just have to have that hard discussion of like, okay, if everybody's healthy, how much is he going to play? 
And so, you know, yeah. the team has to evaluate. He has to evaluate that. Is that something he wants to hang around for? Especially, you know, since he looks like somebody that can do stuff. Maybe, maybe you say, you, you know, maybe you have the discussion with him, like, you know, if everybody's healthy, it's going to be hard for you to play. But look, Vince, if you play like you did last year, there's actually going to be contenders that want you at 43 years old. When somebody gets hurt, they're going to make a call and say, oh, is, is Vince available? <laughs> or, you know, at, or at the very least, at, you know, as a buyout person, not necessarily like a trade, but like, you know, he, he, he's, yeah. he's actually he, good enough that he could draw interest next year at the deadline at 43 years old because he's a freaking unbelievable shooter and he's a good person and he's a good influence and, you know, shit, that, how amazing would that story would that be if he like joins a legit contender at 43 next year to get a chance at his first ring. That would be bonkers. I, I will say this, though. Um, I do feel like Trey Young has kind of helped him out a lot. Because, uh, again, just just due to and just due to his passing, like, in general, like, Trey Young's really good at finding him. And they, get, they have a really good chemistry. So, like, I, I don't know if he can replicate that on every contending basketball team, but... Um, like on teams that have that type of playmaker, absolutely. I think Vince Carter would definitely help uh, those types of teams. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I think the Hawks will want him back, but it, it really be if Vince wants to come back or if Vince wants to really, you know, really go for it and, uh, you know, try to win a title. But you know, that might be the Hawks if they get Zion. They won't win. They won't win the title next season, even if they get Zion. But. Like I, I could definitely see Vince Stane just to, to play on that phenomenon if the Hawks do get him. Have you have you seen any of the Tyler De- uh, Tyler Dorsey redemption tour? No, I saw you tweeting about it. Um, he's been playing solid, and it like I, like my my overall thoughts with Dorsey was that he just didn't fit with the Hawks had right. Um, you know, Herder was just better and. Right. You can't play him, Trey Young and Tyler Dorsey together. Um, that's just way too small defensively. So, you know, now that he's on a team that actually needs his shooting and his, you know, his ability to make shots off the dribble and, you know, just his overall scoring acumen, he's playing on a team that needs that. Like, I, I'm not shocked that he's, you know, he's kind of showing out a bit. But, uh, you know, the, the Hawks, like, overall, like, it's just one of those things where the roster didn't fit what, the roster didn't fit Tyler Dorsey here in Atlanta. Not that he wasn't an NBA basketball player, so it's good to see that he show out, show out somewhere else. Yeah, that's perfectly fair. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's changed his repertoire. He's still kind of doing the Tyler Dorsey thing, you know, rebounding. He looks good rebounding. He doesn't look that great defending. Everything kind of still goes right. I think the big thing, like playing these last, from what I saw the last few games, is like just not a lot of turnovers, like just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He has the ball in his hands a lot and really doesn't turn the ball over, which, you know, for a guy who's kind of streaky with a shot and will, will be a good shooter and get hot at times. That's, that's a, that's a pretty good late season plug in to try out. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what his ceiling is, but uh, you know, a guy that can have a couple of 20 point games with scarcely turning the ball over at all. You know that's that's a pretty good combination. The 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 Memphis lineup is just fascinating. It's like Jonas and Bruno Caboclo and 
Chandler Parsons for the first time in however many years. It's just such a weird team, all the spare parts that they ended up with after the deadline. It it, it, yeah. it is strangely it's fascinating. Just, to watch. I, I have more fun watching that than I do NCAA tournament games. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I could understand that sentiment. I don't watch college basketball because it's bad, but... I fell asleep uh, during Duke-UCF. That... I don't know how you can fall asleep watching Zion Williamson play basketball, but <laughs> uh, you might you might be one of the few in America. So, so kudos to you on that one. Yeah, I was tired. I'll, I'll, I'll use that as my excuse. Well, thank you, Tyler. I think we've exhausted our topics for the day, and it's almost time for this Pelicans game. No Anthony Davis tonight. Yeah, so it's a good chance for the Hawks to uh, – you know, this 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 feels like a very Hawks loss if they do it. You know, the old Hawks where, you know, <laughs> teams best team multiple best players on one team um, isn't in the game or you know isn't is out of the game for whatever reason, and the Hawks kind of lay an egg. So hopefully they don't do that. But uh, by the time you guys hear this, we'll know the result. There you go. All right, Tyler. Thank you. No problem, Kevin. Have a good one. All right, I'll uh, try to post this sometime tonight. Run with it. All right. All right, thank Thanks, you. Kevin. All right. Oh, I got my first check today. My my first oh, paycheck. Really nice. uh, 20 cents. I'm, I am I should send you a picture of it. I was like, what? Yeah, 20 cents. They I think that was like a day. Cent? I yeah. couldn't believe they actually paid the postage to send me a check that was 20 cents instead of just carrying wow. it over. But yeah, I, hopefully that was like, just because they hired me at the end of a pay cycle. I think it's probably going to be more like 10. No, I, I'm not even that. God, what is it? It's like, it'll probably end up being like $20 a month or something. But yeah, the 20 cent one cracked me up. <laughs> but I, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you get they, you get more than that uh, going forward. No, I don't think so. Not, not, I think that's, that's our niche right now. So we'll see. But thank you. Yeah, that's true. No problem, Kevin. <laughs> Bye. Bye.